When you're deep in a dark dungeon and the cleric's down and dying And you've taken all the potions you had left And you feel like you are doomed because that demon you set loose is coming after you And you can smell its breath Don't ever give up Hey, hello, welcome to the Role Playing Shanes This is your host, Adam, and joining me as always are my co-hosts Noah Chris And we're going to talk to you guys about love <laughs> Ew <laughs> Rather not. Yeah, so warning. This is gonna get awkward as shit. Okay? So I mean, just probably. Wanna... Yeah, probably. Wait, wait, Adam, do you think this is gonna get weird? Uh dude, it got weird when I promote I promote <laughs> God, I can't even speak. It got weird when I proposed this topic on the Skype chat. Oh no, I'm always happy when you propose to me. <laughs> <laughs> is that how many how many gold pieces is that uh engagement ring worth? He's getting the words. He's getting his words confused. Noah, it wasn't proposed. It was proposition. Like just to get. The, oh, gotta get your peas correct, Chris. I mean, just take me to your house and show me all your guns, buddy. All right. See, got weird, I'm, and we're not two minutes into it. All right. So okay. So wait, wait, wait. How many gold pieces is Chris worth? I am worth six goats. <laughs> Damn, that is a high price. I was looking forward toward the Bitcoin, but you know. Uh. <laughs> but anyway, as as far as it goes, guys, within any good story, uh, not any good story, but a common theme, I guess you could say, or element of a lot of great stories is romance and love. You can check out the movies. Indiana Jones, he's always get he always gets a girl. We'll talk about sexism with this as well. <laughs> uh, Cloud Strife. Wow, who was Cloud? pining for in Final Fantasy 7, Chris? Barrett. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I took the gold saucer with Barrett every time. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know Final Fantasy is. We'll also address shipping as well, I suppose. So it's just, it's, it's a common thing. I mentioned two things, so it should be across the board, right? So it's, it's a common issue that can occur at the table. And how, how do you handle that? I would like to be clear first off. We're talking about the in-character romances. The out-of-character romances, uh, you're on your own on that. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not very good at real-life relationship advice. I, I don't know about you. For some reason, my friends come to me. I have no fucking clue why. It's like, oh, Chris is married. He should know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your own fault, isn't it? <laughs> well, listen, Noah. Not all of us have all twenty-eight volumes of uh, Rurouni Kenshin. Shh! Don't tell them. <laughs> knocking down my door. <laughs> so, I guess, uh, like, like all things, role-playing games are are meant to be like storytelling. But you don't ever really see a lot of romantic relationships portrayed in them, <laughs> which is kind of weird. And and the one aspect that it's, you know, it's a story, and almost every story has some sort of romance in it somewhere. But I guess I guess it's kind of because of that collaborative nature. And yeah. unless you're really comfortable with the people that you're playing with, it's not something that comes up all that often. It can be really awkward, especially since it's something that's really, really personal for a lot of people. And I don't know, like, I've never been real, real big on the romance side of of stories. I mean, it's always great to see and it's always touching and things like that, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not really sure how to best integrate it into a game. Um, do you guys have any ideas? I've never really encountered it more than t- in like two instances, I guess you say, and they weren't really true instances. When I first started playing with Chris, I was playing a character who was a uh, a womanizer, and uh, his character was female. And like I think it was kind of in a roundabout way stated. He he's like I think out of character was like yeah don't try to sleep with me that'd be weird. Uh, and I agreed with that entirely. And you know I may have rubbed my penis on other things, but I never did rub it on Chris's character. Yeah, you got <laughs> yeah. That, oh right, the recurring joke: rub your dick on it to solve the problem. <laughs> so one person got it, and he's on the podcast. Chris, you guys are looking at me like a confused dog. <laughs> you could only see me. Yeah, I have been bringing in romance more and more often with my characters over the years because, uh, as I mentioned, I am a happily married guy, and I've realized how how important that has been to my life. But it's not something that I will actively try to pursue in a game because I don't really want to hit on some dude's elf or, you know, the GM's personal NPC. Right. That's that's weird. Eh, I've done that at least. but I know, and, and some of the games I've played... Um... Like most times that like a a romantic situation happens, it's kind of like just like a small bit in like the beginning or the end of a um a game. the 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 main one that comes to mind is like my Shadowrun campaign. My character was the face, so therefore he talked to a lot of people. He would get to know a lot of people, and he was the one that had to have relationships with people. And you know, sometimes those would become kind of romantic, and it would always be sort of like a what is your character doing in the off time when you're not doing like a Shadowrun mission kind of thing? And it's like, well, I'm going to go see, you know, this character and we're going to hang out or, or, or whatever. And like, it would just kind of be brought up that way. And I know where that campaign kind of left off and went on hiatus. My character's kind of ex-girlfriend got kidnapped by ghouls, which in Shadowrun are basically people that have been infected with a, a certain virus that took, turns them into Nosferatu like, you know, monstrous people, but she's been kidnapped by them because my character has been messing up their operations where they, they do a lot of like organ smuggling and things like that. And that kind of became one of my character's motivations is mainly out of guilt because if it wasn't for him, she wouldn't be in that situation. So he's trying to rectify that, but that's the only kind of like real stuff close to romance and things like that, that I've encountered personally. So yeah, so I mean, this is this is going to be an, an interesting kind of topic to 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 wade into. I know there are some games that that focus on relationships, like the the main one that jumps to mind is um, Monster Hearts, which is like a if you fed the Universal monster movies through the CW. Uh, that's kind of my understanding of it. Pretty much, yeah. I think you brought up a really good point that in the instances in which it's kind of occurred in games where I played in. And it was really with NPC characters and stuff like that. You get to, like, it's not dwelled upon in something like that. Because no one, like, at least at our particular table, really wanted to get any kind of more, I didn't want to linger on it. I mean, it was entertaining, it was a good story, but it would have went weird if it's just like, if it went past, she spends a night with you, or, you know, something like that. (laughs) You stop it before it gets too graphic. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a comfort zone there, and when it starts getting really, really detailed and stuff like that, that's as a, 
as a player and definitely as a GM, that's that's something that I'm just not comfortable doing. I, I hate to particularly sound like a prude, but uh, you know that's just that's not what I'm there for. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a difficult thing. Like I I can see it working for certain groups. I don't think it would work for anyone in our group, maybe, but. I've heard the folks at Technical Difficulties play run their own game of Monster Hearts, which was really interesting. But uh, in some ways, I just don't think we're mature enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> real? Yeah, yeah kind Other of. Not, have they not listened to all the other episodes? I mean, hey, man, it's, it's entirely possible. Hey, man, do you want me to defend Channing Tatum again? Because I will. You know what? We've we've done that once. That's okay, man. We got we got to we got to find new ground to plow, so to speak. Well, what are we going to plow now, Adam? Uh, uh, forward. Okay. Just tell me when you uh, when you have okay. a tractor emergency. Oh god. <laughs> oh jeez. Don't make the editing process worse than it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it does take a certain level of maturity. Mm-hmm. at the table and also i think it also it's different if you know that's what you're stepping into like when our our friends at technical difficulties were playing monster heart this was the game this is an element of it mm-hmm. i was i was caught off guard in our red markets campaign which we'll be posting soon when chris like jumped into the role of my character's wife and there was, it was no really intimate conversation. Really. It was just a nice tender exchange between a husband and a wife. When, as the husband goes out to a really dangerous, I could die's job in a zombie apocalypse. And, you know, I should have expected that conversation. Like the character's name is on my sheet. Mm -hmm. But when Chris jumps into speaking as her for a brief moment, I was like, uh, and then, kind of jumped into it caught me off guard i won't i have those feelings next time but just to have a tender conversation with another person is not something i tend to expect in my role-playing games yeah and yeah. i think i i think those can add, honestly add a lot to the game it's yeah. just it's got to be on the player's terms like when you initially created the character you said he's married so that becomes for me as gm a lever and something that i need to think about yeah, um, I know with Red Markets and Dependence and, um, and to uh, kind of a, a similar degree, Delta Green and the, the Bonds, things like that, you can have those, those home scenes. And I know a lot of times when I've been playing Delta Green, the Bonds are, are kind of whatever you decide. Same thing with the, like the Dependence, I guess. But um, a lot of times there is usually like somebody that your character is either in a relationship with or had a relationship with on those lists a lot of times. Yeah, and so uh, giving your your character like fleshing out your character that way um, is really interesting, and using that as sort of like a a, a motivation for your character. Uh, I'm noticing that that's becoming more and more of a thing. Yeah, that's great. Honestly, it's it, it's a really fun thing to do. It it adds a lot more to the meat of the world, which is mm-hmm. I, I think should always have some more player agency in it than it does for the most part. Yeah, and it, and it moves your character away from that sort of murder hobo, lone wolf, you know, strapped down with guns, going into the dungeon kind of kind yeah. of aesthetic. It, that, it uh, adds that a, are, an extra level of dimension. Or the <laughs> only thing I fuck is my knife. <laughs> oh God! Good God, Cannibal Corpse! I love your lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> On a side note, there is actually a song called "Fucked with a Knife." 
<laughs> of course it is. <laughs> of course. I know this because of reasons. Now, <laughs> was this uh, one of the many times you went to see ICP or met Limp Biscuit? Mm, no. I, I <laughs> it's becoming many times now? <laughs> Apparently, it's just, <laughs> I keep going back. Every every weekend, it's just ICP. And... <laughs> the, well, you know, if you're down with the fucking clown, you're down with the fucking clown. But speaking of being down with stuff, I'd like to return back to a particular topic, and that is romance and games. Now, I think another hang-up that I have, and I hate to sound as prudish, I think it's also to a degree that most of the people I play with are male. So on a small, small faction, I would even say that it's probably initiating, or at least like I was mentioning beforehand with the Red Marcus game, I think it's being caught out with, caught off guard with, I don't really want to call it an insecurity, but it's just, you know, it's not something that, you know, you I have in my day-to-day life having a man tell me he loves me and stuff like that. And I think that, that may be kind of an issue with a lot of people, possibly, if I could put words in their mouth. I mean, it may just be kind of a subset of the the niche we're in. Like, the role-playing industry is kind of nerdy and male-dominated at the moment. I, it's changing, and I really hope it does change, but... Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that dichotomy of, of male-to-female and, you know... Anybody who identifies in between and things like that, that's definitely changing. And I want to say that it's actually been pretty even for a long time. It's just, like you're saying, it's male dominated. They're usually the ones that are pandered to, ones that are at the forefront, yeah. even though there is, you know, an almost, if not equal to or more than amount of, of women players. So would it be safe to say that? The fact that some uh, examples of role-playing games, I'm thinking more of the fantasy F20 kind of stuff, is a power fantasy that we should not be surprised that there is a sexual or romantic element to these games, but also be aware that like some instances of this has been, you know, could you say toxic or that it could be yeah, um... unrealistic? I think, I mean, it's, it's, I think there's a lot of carryover from like the really early days of the, the industry. A lot of like the early examples of like, um, you know, like, like Conan and like the, the Frazetta art where it's the, the rippling muscles and the, the lady grabbing onto the thigh kind of thing, which yeah. is kind of exaggerated a little bit to how much of that there really was. And like a lot of like, media portrayals but it's still something that's really it's a uh, a big trope i guess within the genre that's still being kind of carried through up until uh, up until pretty recently i'd say where you yeah. know companies especially um some of the bigger companies like paizo and, and wizard of the coast have been trying to become more open and uh inclusive with like a lot of like their art and uh, how they portray certain characters and their um, their their uh, gender and sexuality. I am all for that. Oh yeah, definitely. Let's make the world more diverse. It's beautiful rainbows, all that fun stuff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's always good to have a wide array of of opinions and views and then things like that. So you know, as as a as a father who's raising two daughters. 
you know, I, I become very aware and I know we're switching gears from romance to sexualization, which, you know, the two things aren't really mutually exclusive or anything, but I'm very well aware more so, I guess now than I was of what I'm seeing and what it's saying. Like I, I have the Witcher three and I'm not saying it's particularly, well, there's definitely, it's, it's very adult and I have not been able to play more than 20 minutes of it because my daughters walk in the room and even if like my 18 month is here, 18, 18 month old, well, actually 19, horrible father is here. Like I, I don't even really feel comfortable playing this game where my, my characters, my character is walking like into a brothel or <laughs> I accidentally hit a button and then, well, accidentally, I did accidentally hit a button in Dragon Age and have sex with a male dwarf. It's really disturbing. <laughs> he goes, let's go explore the deep roads. And it was really like a really weird thing. But, uh, my kid wasn't there for that either. But, you know, I don't like some of what I see being shown to my daughters. And I don't like, and we kind of touched on this inadvertently a moment ago when we talk about romance and all that. I don't like how females and female character NPCs and, you know, characters in movies, I don't like how sometimes the role is merely to as a uh, a reason to drive the, the hero forward a reason for you to go out and get revenge for your slain loved one such mm-hmm. as in the born identity too at the same time like i understand why it's there i understand why we would in this in this industry why you know for example your character in shadow run was kidnapped not accusing any uh his uh love interest was kidnapped not accusing anyone in that group of you know making a sexist play or anything just you know i guess it's it's um i mean well tabletop games are by their nature and in most aspects a an emulation of other genres so if you see it in you know books and movies and games when you get to the tabletop there's gonna be carryover there and there's gonna be similar things happening so it's it's kind of up to the, the, the game masters and the players to kind of, you know, take those tropes um, and either, like, you know, turn them on their head or, or, or use them in, in new and interesting ways. Yeah. Or just ignore them altogether. Like, yeah. you know, you have a, a, a normal happy relationship that doesn't get in the way of your murder hobo by night kind of thing, <laughs> which... If you're a murder hobo in the middle of the night, I'm sure that's going to bring up some questions in a in a in a loving relationship. Hey, families that slay together stay together, sir. That's what, <laughs> that's what I was always taught. I mean, that's the Santa Clarita diet for you. <laughs> I haven't I haven't watched that yet. Is that a uh, uh, that good? Actually, really good. It's a horror comedy done well. Cool, cool. I don't have to check that out. Is it, yeah, that's the one with uh, God. It's uh, Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant. Yes. Cool. Cool. I think uh, one particular aspect of this that we are actually dancing around inadvertently, well, we may have touched about it, upon it with Monster Hearts, but there, and I think I would be totally, totally more comfortable with this type of game, would be one where the entire plot revolves around the romance. Like if I were walking into a game and I'm not really familiar with the with the format of, say, a romance novel per se. I've seen a few chick flicks. For some reason, I do have it. I'm okay, guys. I'm gonna open up to you. And I, I, 
don't want you really to judge me too much. But, no promises. Okay, okay. It's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I have a tender soft spot in my heart for the chick, fl- the old chick flick from the 90s with Keanu Reeves in it called, uh, I think, A Walk in the Clouds, where it's like he poses as a woman's husband because she's knocked up and going to see her family at own a vineyard in Mexico. Does that sound correct, or am I the only one that remembers that movie? Uh, A Walk in the Clouds. Yes, it does have Keanu in it, so okay. I'm, that, I have that not seen it. but I, I remember it, it was weird. And a, I also shared this moment with a man named Ernie, so, you know, <laughs> that <adds> it better, <laughs> makes it better. But uh, wait, wait, quick I, side note, Adam? Yep. Yeah, I didn't hit puberty until I was uh, in until 2005. So, okay, hold of course on. I haven't seen it. Hold <laughs> on, uh, Matt Damon to an old man here. Okay, now I've, I'm I'm back. Okay, much older. You know, if it, it was one of these weird things, like I don't even remember why. Me and a friend of mine, we were playing guitar at his parents' house, and. I think there was a sack of movies. This is back in the cassettes, Chris. Did we ever tell you about VHSs back in the day, sir? <laughs> the tape was not adhesive, sir. We'll just put it that way. But oh, yes, the Hess. I have heard of the Hess. I, I remember sitting down and watching this and as we were drinking. <laughs> Imagine that. And as, as, you know, as the movie went on, I found myself like getting drawn into it. So I, I've got some experience with these these types of tropes, like, you know, the, the people meet. I unironically love Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy Stupid Love's a good damn movie, sir. I love that movie so and much. Gross Point Blank is also one of the best romantic comedies out there. It One, fuck you, Chris, it is the best romantic comedy. <laughs> damn. I liked it. I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I don't know if has- I've- it has an amazing soundtrack, and John Cusack at his John Cusack ist. Hey, it, and Dan Aykroyd gets killed with a frying pan or a bullet ricocheting off a frying pan or some yeah, shit like that. Uh, no, he's killed by a, a TV. Okay. And also, he's trying to unionize, dead. so everything is perfect. So, in any of these movies, games, novels, and all that, the, the people meet. There's an obstacle. You know, you overcome that obstacle. Add, and then you're either going to have the end happily ever after, or there's going to be a misunderstanding, a misunderstanding if it's kind of a continuing plot line. And then ultimately, reconciliation. That's kind of the format. And if I knew I was jumping into a game like this, which I, you know, I could totally see this game happening in, you know, say, for example, Hillfolk with the drama system. Uh-huh. And I, I think that if everybody jumped in on a game like this, like, and the role that you were playing, you may not be the main character and stuff like that, but there is some stuff happening. I think that would be an easier pill to swallow, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always about ensuring that everybody at the table is comfortable with the subject matter that you're going over. Well, when it comes to romance, I've been thinking about uh, a pair of games, actually. The first is called Breaking the Ice, where uh, it's a two-player game where you're playing a couple on their first three dates on whether or not they uh, end up together. It's okay. something I've never actually played myself, and it seems a fascinating kind of look into romance, because you you literally have to pick something about your character that is directly relevant to the opposite player. So if uh, 
Adam and I were playing the game together, then I would say that my character is a computer science teacher. And Adam could say that his character is an animal lover or something. Hmm. Okay. Is this so, like a is this like a, a a board game or like a one sheet kind of game? Like how is this uh, the setup? It's a short little booklet. Okay. And it's just kind of thinking about the way we interact with people when in those first few steps, which I've always kind of found fascinating. I'm I am notoriously picky when it comes to dating, so the yeah. first impression has always been important to me. Okay, so that could even be kind of a party game too, I guess. Well, it's specifically a two player game. Okay. It's a, a really, really awkward party there. Uh, yeah. Maybe I revealed too much about myself, guys. Uh, please continue. So, you, know, you know, two is a party, three is a crowd, so. <laughs> I mean, three is a threesome. <sighs> Thanks for that. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm here to make your lives miserable. Uh, what's the other game you were thinking about? <laughs> uh, it's something Patrick brought up, uh, mentioned to me earlier, called It Was a Mutual Decision. Okay. Uh, the game is literally that it's about a breakup and how things go wrong and that's another important part of any sort of romantic relationship the idea that it could fail hmm. oh boy can they yeah yep i mean i wouldn't know i married my first girlfriend so <laughs> you loser <laughs> i'm sorry we says don't the, all have says the single man with 28 volumes of a manga <laughs> I don't want to say too much, Chris, about my past, but there's people that I've pissed off 20-some years ago that they will not look at me now if they see me walking down the aisle at Walmart. Not the wedding aisle, but, you know, the Walmart aisle. But anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's basically the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, insert mean Kentucky joke here. <laughs> yeah, he hurts uh, me. Now... Romance as a particular topic is it? It's definitely been something that's been explored in other mediums, and it's you know looking back, I've enjoyed them. Like Catherine, the great video game. <laughs> Catherine is a great game about relationships and also climbing block puzzles. Yeah, Jesus Christ, you guys! No, no, for real. Catherine is a very interesting game about. About relationships, because do you, do you know the basic premise of Catherine? Uh, I know that there are two characters, both named Catherine, and yes. I know it has something to do with adultery and maybe a succubus. Uh, yeah, so you're you're right on all of those counts. Um, you're a guy named Vincent, and your girlfriend of a long time, Catherine with a K, um, is basically trying. She's been pressuring you to get married. And Vincent is on the fence about it. He's not really sure, like, he wants to, but at the same time, it's a lot of, like, commitment and all that. So then one night, he he's drinking in the local bar slash, you know, pub, pub just to call it a pub, because it's a restaurant and everything, too. And uh, a strange woman comes up to him, and then you cut to black, and then you wake up after a night where you, uh, you're running around in your boxers with a pillow and uh, ram's horns, um, climbing a tower, from some horrible monster that's chasing you. That is the nightmare. And uh, you wake up, and this woman that you talked to the night before is in your bed. And it's basically like, do you go with her? or do you, And her name is Catherine, Catherine with a C. So it's basically Vincent, as it plays out through the story, generally Vincent is trying to, like, you know, trying to hide this, trying to forget about it, trying to make sure that, other Catherine, original Catherine, doesn't find out. 
things like that. But it's also like you get text messages throughout the game that determine like your feelings towards one or the other. And it kind of shapes the story as it happens um, and like your ultimate decision and, and things like that. So it provides some some interesting questions about like you as this character, how would you answer yeah. these questions? And then there's um, questions every floor of the nightmare that are supposed to be posed more towards the player where it's like, you know, should a, a guy's life be, you know, commitment or should it be wild and free and things like that. Yeah. Does your life end at marriage? Yeah. That, mm-hmm. That's one of the questions. Does your life end at marriage? And so it's, it's really interesting. And, I, you know, I'm sure it doesn't handle everything like a hundred percent great or anything like that, but there, it does pose a lot of really neat kind of questions. Yeah. So this is, this is why you two share the same pair of boxers. Yes. We don't really share the same. No, no, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> no, yes, we we have the same style of boxers that came with the special edition. Also, yeah, it's sure. like got a really good soundtrack. I mean, it it handled it great. I thought it, you know, it it was definitely from a male point of view, but at the same time, it if you played it right, it you know you got out of it what you put into it, and yeah. you could be you know, very regretful of what you've done and you could do some kind of self-evaluation as you went through. <laughs> they, um, so this is, is tied into the, the persona and Shin Megami Tensei games. So there's a, um, a wide range of like, in those games, there's like a, a chaos and law. And depending on how far you go in one way or the other, it becomes, you know, authoritarianism or absolute anarchy. And in um, Catherine, there's, kind of a similar thing where one way you go, you become, you get with Catherine with a C, the other way you go, you get with Catherine with a K. But if you end up right in the middle, you can choose to not get with either of them and you just become an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, one of the things you see in Vincent's room is a, a poster for space tourism. And that is an option in the game if you play it just right. You say, nah, forget all of this, forget all this relationship bullcrap. I'm going to go to space. I reject reality. <laughs> and, and substitute my own. So just maximum nope. Yep, yeah. just no. This is all too much. I'm out. But that's I, enough to talk about Catherine. Definitely great, though, Chris. You should, you should give a royal. Well, I like Double Survivor, so I should probably give more Shin Megami Tensei things a try. You really should. They're really good games. Give me one coming for the Switch. Uh, but oh. back, back, to, back to relationships. Uh... I know we, we were talking about like games and things like that. Are there any other kind of examples we can use that kind of delve into romantic relationships? There's, there's an entire genre from Japan called visual novels, which God, <laughs> those, oh, God. those, those, those range in topics and they can go from <laughs> the very explicit to courtroom dramas like, um, Phoenix, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, Nine 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 or whatever, which was a yeah, which are like uh, room escape kind of things. Yeah, there's kind of a wide plethora of where you can go on that. Like some of them, like they're being released for consoles over in America, which I mean, I think that speaks volumes for that particular, you know, niche in itself. If it's made to hop across the pond, and yeah. you know, but yeah, there's you know tons of those kind of games out there. I I tell you what, I'm gonna backtrack just a tad bit. Okay. And I think the thing that makes me interested as far as 
like romance in a in a tabletop game. I think I would be more comfortable playing playing the role after the romance, after the courtship, after all that. Like I I could totally see me sitting down with anyone in our group, and if you were playing like the husband, I would play the play the wife and what the game is going on. That that's interesting. So wait, um, the long the long married man would be okay with playing somebody who's been married. <laughs> Yeah, I, I um, didn't really think of it like that. Yeah, well, I mean, I can see a game being being a little bit easier for somebody if you've s- stated that your characters are already in a relationship and that that relationship has been going for a while. So you kind of you kind of already have something to work off of. It's not something you're trying to build organically out of the game. So I can see that being a little bit easier for for certain role players. I know. Um, Kind of going back to Red Mark and stuff like that, several characters have like, you know, significant others that we kind of use. And I know in your Unknown Armies game, Chris, uh, how many people are, are married? I know Aaron's character has a wife that he is afraid of. That It's just him. It's just oh. him. Okay. Oh, Chris did. Like, I have another romance. Like, wow, I didn't. Re- I forgot this romance. So I put Chris like in that game. And Chris threw me for a loop on it. It's kind of a recurring theme with me and Chris, really. But <laughs> my character was playing a vet that came home, and I was kind of going with that familiar setup of, like, a buddy got killed, and I'm kind of looking after his wife. And Chris warped that a tad bit to where I was, like, and I, I mean, I went with it. That's fine. I wasn't going to argue it, and I just wanted to see where the story went. But all of a sudden, like, I, like, and maybe he was doing it from the end. You can answer this question for us, Chris, in a moment. But like all of a sudden, I was pursuing her, like the way it was presented to me. Like I was like you know interested in dating her myself. As how it how it ended up turning out, you know. And, um, just be careful I, if some guy shows back up and shoots an arrow through some um, axe handles. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I see. God rep- damn it, Noah! Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was just trapped on an island for seven years having sex with a witch. I mean, who can blame him, right? Yeah, it's not his fault. He was ensorcelled. <laughs> for those of you that have not experienced fine literature, <laughs> we are referring to Odysseus in the Odyssey. I translated that novel, or that story. To what? From, I, I, from the original Greek. You speak Greek? I, I was a classics major for several years. He knew enough Greek to translate the fucking Odyssey. <laughs> yeah. And I'm proud when I hear an anime character go, Ohio. I'm like, oh, good morning to you as well, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Kanbanwa. <laughs> Baka. <laughs> uh, sorry. We weaved out, Chris. But uh, answer me. me. Like, I mean... Was it a misinterpretation, or were you pushing the envelope on that one? Um, a little bit of A, a little bit of B. Okay. Like, I, I was definitely kind of making that an option. I was wondering how you would react to it, and I think you, you kind of did something interesting there. Yeah, I kind of, like, awkwardly followed along and stuff like that, which, you know, kind of the way it goes. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, guys, can we please talk about literally anything else? <laughs> okay okay but i do want to point out one thing to chris as i was researching this in third ed D, apparently they do have a uh, concoction that 
is like birth control. So maybe we weren't the first ones to tread this uh, romantic topic in uh, tabletop role playing games. I mean, there's also fatal. It was also oh, no, no, I'm Fuck stopping this now. Right, over, over. <laughs> so, Chris, what would you yeah. like to change topics with, man? Like, give me, tell me something that us or our listeners should check out. Uh, well, I recent. This is a uh, kind of Florida centric, but I recently found a uh, an amazing game store down here called the Adventure Games Store and uh, Dragon's Lair, and I saw Ken Height speak. And oh. Ken Height, oh. Will Hindmarch, and I always forget the third guy's name. Uh, he runs Green Ronin. Uh, Hal Mangold. Hal Mangold, yeah. So um, Noah actually pointed this out to me uh, <laughs> right I was, as I was getting out of work. Last week. Yeah, last week. And it, it was very interesting talking to uh, Ken Hyde. They were listening to them talk. I asked them a few questions about the nature of metagaming and, the very, and how to make a game that's not derivative of a genre. Which was uh, just <laughs> Ken Hyde destroyed a grognard. <laughs> As Ken Height is known to do. What what did the Grognard do to anger Sir Ken? Well, he asked him about. Uh, I've noticed. I, I recently read a book where uh, they mentioned that, that gaming has lost its way. The uh, author says it had a lot to do with uh, the game. Uh, to a lot to do with gamers not reading the works of uh, Fritz Leiber and uh, Elric and the the Elric of Melibon series. What do you think about that? And can I just immediately said, "Well, that man is a fool." <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, did you get anything autographed? Perhaps a copy of Wild Talents. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <sighs> Unfortunately, no, I didn't get a copy of Wild Talents uh, autographed. The only book I had was um, No Soul Left Behind by Caleb Stokes. So Ken Hyde didn't write that book, though, did he? God, no, not to my knowledge. So much. I fucking hate you so much, you bastard. <laughs> and let me just uh, say the quote, the, the, the sign. For Chris, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing you I'm not in this book. <laughs> Ken Hyde. Oh, so how's it going, Noah? Oh, you got any uh, stories to tell us? <laughs> I think I've told that story. I, th- I think I've told that story a couple of so, times yeah, at this no, point. You've told that story. Well, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> I'll room. probably have a new story to, to tell uh, after JCon this year. Hey, do you remember when you were in Florida and you signed some guy's uh, Better Angels book? Yeah, that's my friend who I'm on a podcast with. The guy who you <laughs> also asked to be on our podcast. <laughs> fuck that tall asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're not all short like you, Noah. God. He's oh, a fierce 5'10 now, Chris. Leave him alone. I thought he was three apples tall. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So, uh, <laughs> to, to, to keep this from becoming a roast and it being, hi, I'm Adam and my co-host Chris or Noah, depending on who is allowed to be in the room together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably Noah. So, I've I've got something I've been... I've been getting into lately. So the CW has a new show. This show is called Riverdale. Oh, and I know what you're thinking, any any right-thinking nerd out there. Riverdale, that sounds familiar. Isn't that the town from the Archie comics? Yes. Yes, it is. So Riverdale is a new CW teen drama set in the Archieverse, which <laughs> after Archie 666... Uh, was rebooted 
Wait, into Archie. Archie six six six. The final issue of the original run of Archie Comics ended with issue six six six. Did they oh. mean to do Number of the Beast? I don't think so, but it just kind of ended up that way. At least that's what I've heard. So yeah, so they've restarted it um, as like a f- modern, a modern comic, you know, standard comic size instead of like the little digest things. And it's a more modern setting for Archie and things like that. And now they're doing a TV show. And the TV show is like, so you take Archie, and you, you run him through the, the CW filter of everybody is so goddamn pretty. Yeah. And then you throw in a pinch of, like, Twin Peaks. Just a pinch. Because, yeah. like, right now, it's all about who murdered Jason Blossom, one of the Blossom siblings. Uh, so, and, like, why they're covering it up, and... Like, Archie has seen some stuff, but he can't come forward because... Oh, Archie's seen some stuff, all right. Archie's seen some stuff. Apparently, Archie uh, and Miss Grundy were having a illicit relationship. Wait, what? Yes. Archie is sleeping with Miss Grundy, who is now a super hot, like, late 30-year-old. Veronica has just moved into town... After her mother divorced her father and lost a bunch of money, so they're moving back to their hometown. Um, Luke Perry is in it as Archie's dad. Is that Chandler? Um, no, this no. is 90210, man. 90210. Oh. That's Matthew Perry, who you're thinking of. Okay. Um, <laughs> a totally different Perry. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it's it's really weird. There's only three episodes so far. It comes on every Thursday at 9 on the CW. CW, if you're out there listening... Hit us up. We'll totally take a yeah. sponsorship. Um, <laughs> but so far, it's been it's been interesting. Like it's it's weird and not like what you expect from yeah. a show based on Archie. Um, Jughead is a investigative reporter who's <laughs> writing a novel on the events of the summer where this this uh, Jason Bloom has been murdered. What? <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. Does he still love hamburgers? Uh, I haven't seen them do too much with hamburgers. Other, I other... they hang out in a hamburger shop. No, they do. I'm... No, they do. They hang out at the <laughs> diner all the time, but we don't actually see him eating hamburgers just yet. But he does have the hat. He has a beanie that has like the little crown shapes on it. There's a gay best friend, and there's the gay best friend of Betty who was introduced in the comics a couple years ago, and just seen the Pussycats are in it. Um, they're an all-black trio now. Um, and uh, what, they did a they did a version of "Sugar Sugar," which was a song written for the Archies in the original like Archie cartoon. Um, yeah. you were gonna say, Adam? I was gonna say, what kind of gameable content can we can I can you take out of watching Archie? Uh, you could totally do Bubble Gum Shoe. Gubble Bum Shoe. <laughs> Gubble Bum Shoe. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I would, I would totally see it. It's like prime, prime bubble gum shoe material, and you could also do like Monster Hearts. Apparently, uh, Sabrina isn't in this season of Riverdale, but there is potential for her to show up. So that I am excited about. I would love to see a new version of Sabrina, the teenage witch. Yeah, I mean, in Riverdale, so long as it's Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> well, that uh, ship's done sailed, Chris. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. She yeah. can play a teen at like what thirty? Don't you think? Oh my God, it's not dead. Part three. Yeah, 
yeah, that's that's the the thing there. Um, but yeah, I would like to see a, like an actual like occultist Sabrina the Teenage Witch show up. That would be cool. That would be great. So yeah, as you can tell, both Noah and I have watched it. Noah started, and then I jumped into it. And I, my my goal was as soon as I hang up this phone call, which doesn't involve a phone, but fuck it, I'm going to probably watch the next, the last episode. But it's uh, <laughs> um, pretty good. Uh, that also, um, watching Riverdale also spurred me into actually finally watching Twin Peaks. I've tried to start it a couple of times now, and I get through the pilot, and that's like it. Um, so I managed to sit down and watch the entire first season of Twin Peaks in like a couple days. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, Agent Cooper is great. I know the second season isn't as good, apparently. There's also like yeah. uh, three times as many episodes. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Also a movie. Too. Yeah, there's the movie. Um, with me. Yeah, uh, the thing I'm I'm curious though is because I know that apparently the second season of Twin Peaks isn't as good, or like it's not going to be kind of what I expect or hope for. I wonder if I'm going to take a better liking to it or not. Mm, well, um, I'm I'm just interested interested to see, and I'll, I'll I'll let everybody know. I know everybody's dying to know. I'll let yeah. everybody know in our next episode. I'd be interested to kind of revisit that because I watched it when it came out. I can remember uh, growing up. I think it came out in the early nineties. Came out remember. ninety and ninety one. So I was two. I was not even a toddler yet. <laughs> I was ten and eleven. Hold <laughs> Matt Damon ended up here. <laughs> All right, I'm back. And uh, like I can remember a big thing that was in the news when that show was popular. And it's weird that I remember as being a 10 or 11 year old child is uh, there was like a phrase that was found around Laura Palmer's body. I think it was uh, fire walk with me. And then some people like some kid over, I think in California or something like that started writing that on his binder at no, in, in school. <laughs> and, and like, we weren't really that far as a satanic panic. And I think it kind of like, that was the controversy involved with it. I can't, I like, it had my memory involves satanic cults at that point, so you know. I mean, wouldn't have they not? I don't be serious. <laughs> true, true. So, Chris, what kind of yeah. what kind of goodies do you have for us? I'm honestly, I've been pretty really really busy recently because I've got a, a lot of projects in the back burner at the moment. But, Ooh, uh, yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll hear more about those as they arrive. No, no, you won't. Uh, they're only for me. <laughs> In the back of your closet, just, you know. Yes, this is my own artisanal podcast. <laughs> you, you listen to it and under a bunch of, like, heavy coats. Yeah. Uh, but my wife recently came back from uh, London where she was uh, opening up a store that she works for. Nice. And she grabbed me a very interesting book called the, Biogra- the Biographical Dictionary of Literary Failure. Huh. Uh, I don't know how much you guys know about Borges or uh, Italo Calvino. I know nothing. I know Borges okay. was drowned in a river and then his mother avenged his death, and, or lake, excuse me, but I think it's the wrong person. That That is exactly the wrong person. <laughs> okay, sorry. Th- though, it isn't, uh, though Borges does say that he found his, uh, he found his drowned mother. Ooh, so... Yeah. So... Uh, those of us that are confusing Jason Vor- uh, Jason Voorhees with 
Oh, God. God. <laughs> In case it wasn't more explicit. Um, yeah. yeah. What's about, what is it about, Chris? Um, it's written up as a, it's written up as a compilation of, uh, failed authors, people who could have written great books, but have, but did not, or could not for some strange reason. And it's, it's a book of fiction, but it's incredibly interesting. It's actually given me a lot of ideas for, uh, unknown armies. Right. Like there's one guy who, um, it was compelled, who's compelled to, uh, write and writes very interesting stories, but he will, they will never see the light of day because due to his own mental illness, he devours any book he writes. As soon as it's done, he has to consume it. Interesting. Yeah. That's also probably not great for his diet, but, uh, well, he dies of ink poisoning. No. <laughs> well, there you go. See, I, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really interesting. Look at the way writing affects someone who, well, writing affects the writer as opposed to the writer affecting the book. That's something I've been thinking about a lot recently. What with all my secret side projects. Uh, well, you know, side. don't 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 eat your podcast and die of podcast <laughs> poisoning. I'll tell yeah, you what to do. <laughs> sounds kind of spiteful on that one, doesn't he, Noah? Just a little bit. <laughs> um, I just realized I asked you the same question twice, Chris. Sorry to put you on the spot a second time. <laughs> it's all good, man. Now we have uh, ink poisoning. <laughs> Nice. I'd say this is completely un, un game related, but I'll, I'll hit you with a little bit of game stuff first. I've decided to challenge myself as a game master, and I'm, I, I've relied upon pre-published stuff for most everything I've done. And I would like to, you know, get away from that. And I would also like to try something, a new different system. So I am uh, reading up and hoping in the next month or so to run a, game of hill folk for our group uh it's yeah it's gonna be interesting and it's kind of i'm i'm hoping we handle it well because the by default hill folk campaign is you're in an iron age tribe right and chris and i played in that uh when a friend of ours ran we played a couple sessions of it i enjoyed it he's already done this and i've already done this i want to do something different but there is a uh, with drama system they release pitches, like series pitches, and excuse me, I've got hiccups. But there is one series pitch for a drama system game set in the hills of uh, Appalachia, and you are playing a family of moonshiners who's uh, the patriarch of the family has been arrested. So I'm wanting to do an actual hill folk, hillbillies, and. I'm wondering, I'm kind of apprehensive on how that's going to go because for well, starters, oh, go ahead. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to give Hill Folk a try. And I definitely like the subject matter you're going for. I mean, we're just some good old boys, never meaning no harm, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's, it's, it's always going to be a little interesting or a little exhausting when you, when you're not quite sure how everybody is going to take to it and how everybody's going to, Play the game, yeah. So I'm definitely I'm, I'm definitely excited for it, but I'm also I'm I'm right there along with you with with being worried about it. Yeah, I'm a little wary. My my biggest concern, and this accent is genuine. I can drive, and in probably an hour, I could be at the site of where the feud of the Hatfields and McCoys took place. So 
this is where I'm from. And I just hope that I'm able to portray this rural Southern hill folk culture in a way that is not demeaning because as, as a Southerner and as someone, as someone who sounds like I sound and as somebody who comes from where I came from and I, you know, everything like that, like, I feel like, you know, there's these misconceptions and like convenient little, oh, you're sleeping with your sister. You married your cousin. <laughs> Chris? Playing. I know you say it in I good mean, field, sir. But I mean, like, somebody did marry their cousin. <laughs> I'm sure they did. She's not my cousin. But uh, <laughs> I'm just joking when I say that. But yeah, I, 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 know. Don't, I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be hillbilly black blackface. I don't want it to be. <laughs> that is I, my um my my uh, hillbilly. Uh, your high school folk punk band. Yes, my high school <laughs> folk punk band is yeah. hillbilly blackface. I would, you know, it's it's. I would love to see the accent. Like if you were, like, I wouldn't be offended. Uh, I don't. If, I'm terrible at accents. See me playing you in No Soul Left Behind. <laughs> so I don't think I'm going to attempt the accent. I might oh, try to use some of the the nomenclature and the vernacular, but yeah. I don't think I'm going to try for the accent just because that also gets really tiring after a it, while. It, it I does. Mean, I'll try to attempt the accent in the rural setting, but no, <laughs> also no promises. There's there's differences between like Appalachian and Southern and like coastal Southern accents and true and Texan well, and I can do Texas like a motherfucker, but <laughs> we're not in Texas. Yeah, that's the problem. If you want to play the No Country for Old Men Hill Folk game, <laughs> plain folk. Yeah, but uh, you know it's it's something to look forward to. So yeah, I'm 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 definitely excited. I need to um, read up some more on on Hill Folk. I. Uh, I want to decide between the cook or the was it the the leg? Yeah. So oh. and, and for those of you listening, like there's just we're we're referring to these people as their generic role within it. Too, yeah. Like so, the cook would be the one who actually does the brewing and the moonshine. So yeah, it's it should be fun, and I look forward to posting that. And uh, yep, so that's really about all I've been doing. I'm trying to see if there's anything else I got. The only other thing that really jumps out at me at the moment is I got um, yeah, Yakuza Zero. Oh God, I want that so bad. Which is a, a PlayStation Four game. It is, uh, funnily enough, it is about the Yakuza. I mean, <laughs> no. who would have guessed? It is a prequel to the the Yakuza series of um, of games. Uh, it's set in 1988, uh, and you play as a uh, Kazuma Kiryu and uh, Goro Majima. Who are two big characters? Uh, Kiryu is like the main character in all of the other um, Yakuza games, and Majima is like a a constant, um, like a rival kind of character. And you're you're playing like a, a sort of prequel adventure that introduces how um, Kiryu kind of became the legend that he was in like the first uh, couple of games in the series. Uh, so it goes from super serious long cut scenes of like Yakuza drama, you know, um, trying to figure out like who, why this guy was killed to, so that people could take over this one particular spot in a, in a ward of, of Tokyo and things like that. And then you get into the actual gameplay where you're walking along the street and like some random guys try and beat you up. So you pick up a, a, a moped and bash them with it and do all sorts of crazy martial arts. 
and then go to the Sega Club where you can play like Outrun and um there's a, a bunch of like old Sega arcade games and win prizes from UFO catchers and then go undo another side quest where you have to help a dominatrix learn how to dominatrix so that she can stand up to people. It's it's <laughs> nuts. What? There's a side quest that is no shit. You're walking along the side of a street and there's um a dominatrix is trying to, you know, she's trying to dominate somebody on the street, but she's doing a very poor job of it. And the the customer is like, hey, you're really bad at this. You need to get better at it and like leaves. So your character is like, hey, what what was that all about? And she's like, I became a dominatrix so that I could learn how to like speak my mind and stand up to people and be in control of situations. But I'm really bad at it. Hey, I know. Why don't you help me become a better dominatrix? So you take her to like this park and you, you role play. Hey, I brought it back. Uh, you role play a situation and you try and give her the, the best answers for um, being a dominatrix. And it's, it's really weird and it's great. I love this game so much. I'm going to have to be a bad adult, but like, totally. <laughs> well, awesome. Your next-gen systems. Well, guys, it seems like about all we have for this particular episode. I hope we have broadened your horizon to the possibility of including a little love in your game. That's what it's all about, right? A little love. <laughs> Just a little, not too much. I don't know. I, I'd love a lot of love from you, Adam. A lot of love. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were you were going for homoeroticism, and I went no, sir. I accept you, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> okay, Chris, what was that delightful song everyone heard when they downloaded our latest episode? Oh, I think you're referring to our theme song, which is a critical hit by Ghost Mice. You can check the you can check Ghost Mice out on Planet X Records and all sorts of other fun folk punk goodness. Uh, you can hit uh, hit us up at uh, roleplayingexchange.com or uh, you can catch us on Twitter at rpexchange. And uh, our Facebook group, our Facebook group is the Roleplaying Exchange. Whew. I, I'm, I'm kind of glad I, did, I gave these duties to Chris. Well, but you know, he does such a good uh, job. Uh, yeah, he's he's becoming quite the expert at it. Is um uh, is Hillbilly Blackface on uh, Planet X Records? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> They may be, I think that's one of Pat the Bunny's um, side projects. Okay, okay. If not, maybe we'll go ahead and reserve the domain name right now. We got this. (laughs) All right. Well, good night, everybody. (laughs) Take care. God, we really didn't think this one through. (laughs) (laughs) Not all fights are won by skill. Some are won by luck. Don't ever give in. You've got to keep on trying till you lose or you win. Cross your fingers, roll the die. Wait with hope for the big 2-0. Cross your fingers, roll the die. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it roll, let it roll.